Hey everybody, I'm Pastor Jeff Dawes, lead pastor here at Stockbridge Community Church. And I just want to say thank you for listening to our podcast today. I hope this message inspires you and encourages you. Enjoy today's message. We've been in a series called The Week. We've been talking about the week before, what it was like before Christ would die on the cross and arise again from the grave like we're going to celebrate next weekend. Last week, you know, we talked about, Pastor Chessie talked about what Sunday was like, Palm Sunday actually today. Then we talked about what was Monday and Tuesday was like. We said on Wednesday, there wasn't a whole lot going on. We talked about Thursday, the Passover meal. And then last week I jumped ahead and I talked about Saturday and we talked about those silent moments. And so if you missed any of that, you can go back. But I I particularly waited today to talk about Friday, the day on the cross. And so that's what we want to talk about today. And we open up, Jesus begins to tell his disciples about what's going to happen. In Luke 18 and verse number 31, it says, Jesus took the 12 aside and told them, we're going to go up to Jerusalem and everything that is written by the prophets about the Son of Man will be fulfilled. He will be delivered over to the Gentiles. They will mock him, insult him, and spit on him. They will flog him and kill him. Oh, but on the third day. On the third day, he will what, everybody? Rise again. The disciples did not understand any of this. Its meaning was hidden from them. And they did not know what he was talking about. But we know because we live after the fact. Amen? Amen. Would you pray with me? Would you put your hands out like this? And would you just close your eyes and repeat this prayer after me out loud? Let's say it. Dear God, God, I'm here today. today. I open my mind mind. and I open my heart. heart. Fill me, Holy Spirit. Spirit. In Jesus' name. Amen and amen. Amen, everybody. You may be seated. I've got so much to tell you. I've been, man, this is so good. I've got so much to say to you today, so I'm trying to contain myself. So we're going to go through. I've got some things I want you to know about Friday. And I'm going to try to go maybe at a faster pace than some of the things. So just, just bear with me today. I want you to know what it was like on the Friday. The title of the message is going to be the words that we say today that I don't want you to ever forget. And there are three words that Jesus said from the cross, and it's the title of the message today, and it's this. It's these three words. Would you say them with me? You ready? It is finished. Let's say them again. It is finished. The most important words in all of Christendom is it is finished. What was Friday like? The question, I have four things that happened to Jesus on Good Friday. Now, let me tell you something. There was nothing good about Friday at all for Jesus. It was all good for us. Amen? So it's Good Friday for, because we benefited from it, but Jesus, it was not good. There's four things that I want to share with you. The first thing that happened to Jesus was that he was put on trial. You might want to write that down. He was put on trial. This trial that Jesus had, it was an illegal trial. 
It happened in the dark of night. They couldn't find any grounds to charge him on, so they made some up. Because they were determined to cancel Jesus. See, cancel culture has been around a long time. It happened in Jesus' day. They didn't like what he was saying, so they tried to cancel him out. And so everything about this trial, again, was illegal. There were people that were brought in to testify that made up stories. They were paid to say the wrong things. It was all illegal. You see, Jesus allowed himself to be put on trial so that you and I could go free. Amen, everybody? Amen. The second thing that happened is that Jesus was whipped and beaten. Whipped and beaten. It's amazing how that the, the prophecies in the Bible have always come true. And over 800 years before Jesus actually went to the whipping post, the writer in the Old Testament, Isaiah, wrote these words. Look what he says. He says, he was pierced for our transgressions. He was crushed for our iniquities. The punishment that brought us peace was upon who, everybody? Yeah. Him, Jesus. It was upon him. And by his wounds, we are what? Yeah. We are healed. The cross brought us forgiveness. The cross brought us peace. And the cross brought us healing, everybody. And so I just want you to know that this is so important, we can't just run by this. That the Bible says that all those stripes that were laid upon Jesus' backs, the cat of nine tails, it was a whip that had, had stone that was in the, in the little leather lashes that would go at the end of the whip. They were little pieces of bone that was tied into, those, into that whip. And, and when they would crack it across his back, they would rip it back and it would pull flesh from his body. His body, his back was laid open and the Bible had prophesied that this would happen over 800 years before it ever happened. And the reason that it said it would happen is because it said he was wounded for our transgressions, bruised for our iniquities. That means our sins. And he was chastised for our punishment. In other words, we would be able to have peace with God because he would die on a cross. And not only that, it said by his stripes, we are healed. Amen, everybody? That means that whatever's going on in your life, you can have confidence in praying to God that the price has already been paid that you can be healed. Whenever, there's, whenever you're sick in your body, you should always pray with confidence that God can heal your body. Amen, everybody? We believe that God can heal cancer. We believe God heals diabetes. We believe God heals heart disease. We believe that God heals it all. Amen? He has the ability because Jesus stripes on his backs. We're healed. That's why, like on our first Wednesday, we anoint with oil. We pray over people. We lay hands on them. Why do we do that? Because the Bible says by his stripes, we are healed. Amen? He doesn't just heal bodies, but he heals relationships as well. That's why we, we don't ever give up on marriage because God is the healer of relationships. Amen? We never, we never give up on parents because God is the healer of relationships. And we never give up on our children because God is the healer of relationships. By his stripes, we are healed. Amen, everybody? Why? What's our three words? It is finished. He finished the work. Man, I got to move on. I told you it's going to be hard. Number three is this. The third thing is that Jesus experienced death. Jesus experienced death. Death is like the final blow of pain and of hurt 
and of suffering. And that's why that whatever you're going through today, Jesus can relate to whatever you're going through because he has experienced the ultimate pain that was forced upon him through death and suffering. He understands that. And that's why we sing, oh, how he loves me. Amen, everybody? Oh, how he loves me because he was willing to do that for you. Again, Good Friday's good for you. Was it so good for Jesus? It was good for you. And that's why we love him so much is because he was willing to do that for you and I. And then the fourth thing we see is this, is that Jesus enters a tomb. This all happened on Good Friday. When you look at the tomb, it is a reminder that it is never over until God says it's over. And we're going to talk about that a lot next week. The message of Easter is this, is that the tomb, when you look at the empty tomb, it means that there's always hope, that there's still hope for you and I. And that's what Good Friday was all about. Now, remember our three words that we're saying, everybody? It is finished. Look at Hebrews 12. Why did Jesus do this? Hebrews 12 and 2 says this. Let us fix our eyes on who, everybody? Jesus. Don't you fix your eyes on Jeff. You fix your eyes on Jesus. Don't you fix your eyes on your parents or grandparents. You fix your eyes on Jesus. Don't you fix your eyes on your coworker. You fix your eyes on Jesus. Don't you fix your eyes on your uh, spouse. You fix your eyes on Jesus. He said, fix your eyes on Jesus, who is the author and perfecter of our faith. Watch this. Here, why would he do this? Who for the joy set before him endured the cross, scorning its shame, and sat down at the right hand of the throne of God. What he was saying is that the reason that Jesus would go to the cross and he would die and the way that he endured the cross was because he thought about you and me while he was on the cross. It was for the joy. It's like that you would, you would be suffering, but you would think, hey, I'm willing to suffer that my children may be saved, right? I'm willing to go, Lord, let it happen to me instead of them. That's what, listen, I remember one time my son was, uh, had to be hospitalized. He had a pneumonia. And when he was young, and I remember crying my eyes out beside that bed because I could not stand it. My, my son was on that bed sick. And I said, God, I'll take it right now. Give it to me. Let him be well. And that's exactly the way Jesus was thinking about you and me and all of humanity. He was saying, God, take it out on me. I'll take it. I'll endure this because I know that they're going to have the opportunity to be saved. That's why he did that. That's why he did that. For the joy set before him. And let me just tell you this. The cross is not a statement of death, but the cross is always a statement of victory. Amen. That's why on the front of our building, we have over a 30-foot cross hanging on the front of our building. We want everyone to know that we're not ashamed of the cross. We are proud of the cross because it's not what, it's not the death of the cross that, that we're thinking about. It's the victory of the cross that we celebrate in. Amen? Amen. It's not, it's where Jesus died, but we come alive, amen? At the cross, at the cross, where I first saw the light, and the burdens of my heart rolled away. It was there by faith I received my sight, and now I am happy all the day, amen? Amen. amen. It's at the cross, everybody. And I'm, ex I'm excited because I remember the day that I, I knelt myself down at an altar in a church, but I realized it was at the cross where I knelt down and my life changed. Amen? Amen. Amen. Look in John uh, 4 and 34. Jesus said this, 
My food, said Jesus, is to do the will of him who sent me, who sent me, and to what, everybody? Finish the work. Jesus said, I come to finish the work. What's the three words we're saying, everybody? It is finished. Now, it's real easy to start something, isn't it? Like, it's real easy to start to clean the garage out. Amen. It's real easy to start the homework. Oh, yeah. It's real easy to start a book. Amen, everybody. It's real easy to do those things. It's real easy to start your homework. It's real easy to start a diet. It's real easy to start an exercise program. Oh, yeah, that's right. I bought the clothes before and left them there. Yes, it's easy. You know what? I, it's not always, but it's not easy to finish. Amen? It, it, many people start, but few people finish. And Rhonda's had to teach me some lessons through the years that taking out the trash is a two-step process. She had to teach me that. I had no idea because I thought if I went over and I took the bag out of the trash can and I took it to the container that I was done, the job was finished. No, uh, you got to put that bag back in the trash can, right? The job is not finished until the bag goes back in the trash can. Dear God, I think the ladies are about to do a Jericho march right now. Yes, they are. (laughs) We men don't know that. You start, you got to finish it, right? Thank God that Jesus finished the work. The cross, he finished what God had him to do. And that's what we're celebrating today is that he finished the work. He says this in John 19, 29 and 30. Look what it says. Jesus was thirsty and he said, I thirst. And look what it says. A jar of vinegar was there. So they soaked the sponge in it, put the sponge on a stalk of hyssop plant and lifted it to Jesus' lips when he had received the drink. Now, Jesus, let me just say this. Jesus did not ask for a drink because he wanted to extend his life. He asked for a drink so he could get his throat clear and say these last words. Amen, everybody. You ever been there? You know, your, your throat's dry and you can't speak plainly. He wanted to make sure the whole world and all of hell heard what he was about to say. What, look what he says. Jesus said, would you read them out loud? Let's read our three words. It is finished. <laughs> he wanted to make sure that all of hell would hear that and all the world hear what he had to say. Because he wanted to know, not only did he come to earth as a baby, but he come and he lived 33 and a half years and he did everything that God had asked him to do and he yelled, it is finished. Amen, everybody? It is finished. It is finished. With that, the Bible says he bowed his head and died. Now, here's what's interesting. That word, it is finished, was actually a word that uh, is called testelestai. Its meaning is testelestai. And what that word means is this. It has basically four meanings that you and I can relate to today that would be used in Jesus' day. And the first word to tell us that would mean this. It would be like a servant looking at his master and saying, the job that you have given me, I have completed. So he would say, sir, I want you to know the job is finished. To tell us that it's done. The job is done. And it also would mean this. It also would mean like a judge. When a judge would examine all the evidence of all the case that was there. 
And after he had examined the evidence and he gave the verdict on the case, after when that case was closed, he'd say, Testelestai, justice has been served. It's been served. The third way that it is used is also an accounting term. It is a term that where the accountant would say, I received the payment, the debt has been paid, and when the last payment was made, he would say, Testelestai. The bill has been paid in full. The account now is closed. And then the fourth way that would be used is this. The fourth way that it would, the word to tell us that would be used is when a priest would take the, the sacrifice of a lamb and he would take it and he would present that sacrifice before God and it would be laid upon an altar. And when that, when that lamb was consumed by the fires of the altar, the priest would look up to God and would say, Tetelestai, it's the sacrifice has been made. And when Jesus was on the cross and when he was dying for our sin, he was saying, Tetelestai, he was saying, Tetelestai, he would say this, he would say, Tetelestai, the job is done. Justice has been served. The payment has been made. And the offering for sin is complete. To tell us that there is no more guilt and death. Amen, everybody. To tell us that. Oh, let me tell you something. You know, I, I, I love history. And I was reading about Napoleon, the great French commander who in the 1800s, the early 1800s was going to conquer the world. He was on a rampage to conquer the world. And what happened was, what stopped him is, was he come across the, the British Army. You know, they were called the Red Army. We knew them as the Redcoats in, you know, in our war with them, uh, in the Revolutionary War. But they always wore red. And Napoleon was defeated in Waterloo by the British in 1815. And, and this is what happened. It stopped him. And after that battle, he looked at a map. He had his generals around him. And realizing he'd been defeated, he looked at that map and he had a red spot on that map that, that marked the British people. And he said, I would have conquered the world had it not been for that red spot right there. I want to tell you something. Hallelujah. The devil would have said, I would have conquered the whole world. I would have had it all in my hand had there not been a man on a cross that died for my sin. And that red spot right there that said, it's finished, it is finished, it is finished. Had it not been for that red spot, I would have conquered the world. I would have had it in my power. But Jesus Christ came and he died for our sins. And today we are free men and women through his blood. Amen. Hallelujah. I'm so sorry. I'm so excited. Woo. Can't you just see all of hell saying that? Oh, we would have got him except for that red spot. Whew. Settle down, Jeff. <laughs> Let's talk about what the cross did for us. Three things it did. The first thing is that it brought us a closeness with God. The cross paid for us our closeness with God. We see this. Mark 15, 37, 38. Then Jesus uttered another loud cry 
and breathe his last. He said, it is finished, everybody. What is our three words? It is finished. finished. The curtain in the sanctuary of the temple was torn in two from top to bottom. Let me explain this to you. Is that for hundreds of years, there was this huge curtain that was put up at the temple. And only once a year, the priest could go in because that was where God's presence dwelt. Every other person that was a common person could not go into the Holy of Holies. This huge velvet thick curtain hung, representing the separation between God and man because his holiness and our unrighteousness. But when Jesus said our three words, what are they? When he said it is finished and he breathed his last breath and he died, paid the penalty for our sins, the Bible says that God Almighty himself took his hands and ripped that curtain in two from top to bottom, signifying this, that no longer would you be held at arm's length, but because of that red spot right there, because of that, that now you can come boldly to the throne of grace and that you don't have to have any apprehension. He's not going to strike you dead, but you can walk into the throne room of God and God welcomes you in, everybody. Amen. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Let's shout our three words. It is finished. Every time the devil tells you that you've been too unworthy, your sins have put you away from God, you just remind him of our three words, everybody. What are they? It is finished. That God paid, that Jesus paid the price, the sin price was paid for me, and if I confess my sin before God Almighty, by the name of Jesus Christ, I can walk myself right into his presence, and he's right there with me. Amen. Oh boy, oh boy, look what it says. Hebrews says it this way. Hebrews 4 and 16 said, Let us therefore come, what everybody? To the throne of grace, that we may obtain mercy and find grace to help us win in our time of need. Let's shout our words, everybody. It is finished. It is finished. The second thing that the cross does for us, the power of the cross changes our hearts. Changes our hearts. Mark 15, 39. When the Roman officer who stood facing him saw how he had died, he exclaimed, look at this. This man truly was who, everybody? The Son of God. Picture this with me. Picture this with me. The soldiers holding the spear And the last blow, he takes a spear and he sticks it up into Jesus' side and rips it back out. And when he does, blood begins to flow and it splatters onto his hands, his arms, his face. And there this soldier is covered with the blood of our Savior. And right there and then, the power of the cross changed his heart. He confessed him right there. You just heard it. Let me tell you about this soldier. The very one who who plunged the spear into Jesus. Historians tell us his name was Long Gaius. Long Gaius 
bowed his knee at that cross when he did that and declared that he was he had to be someone special he had to be the son of God and history tells us that because of what he did there with the blood of Jesus on his hands and his face made his profession of faith right there and he went on himself to begin to share about Jesus Christ and that he himself would give his life for the cause of Jesus Christ. I'm telling you, it's at the cross, at the cross where I first saw the light and the burdens of my heart rolled away. The very man who stuck the, stuck the spear in his side was a man who bowed his knees. And listen, you may feel like you've done something so bad that God would never hear your prayer. That soldier would say today, I was the very one that put the spear in his side and ripped it out and the blood dripped on my hands and my face. I was guilty but right there, that blood that shed from his side purified my sins, cleansed my heart and my mind and I'm a new man today because of the cross of Jesus Christ. Amen everybody. Hallelujah. Settle down Jeff. Settle down. Mm, mm, mm. Oh, yes. You see, that it changes the heart. You know, it's too, the problem today is that too many people, they know they need Jesus, but they try to get good before they get God. You will never, ever get good until you get God. You get God and he helps you to get good, amen? No matter what you've done, you don't have to keep looking at yourself as a failure. And you don't have to keep looking at yourself as somebody that's unworthy of the blood of Jesus because he paid the price for the lowest of the low, amen? and I was one of them and so were you and you can walk boldly into the throne of grace you can be close to him because he changes our heart everybody and that's what we are we're a church that our two words are what everybody we do good what do we do everybody we do good and the reason we do good is because our hearts have been changed because listen let me tell you something you can try to walk on me but I'm not going to try to walk on you your bad will never make me be bad Amen, everybody? Because I'm going to choose to do good. And that's what we do. We have Love Week that's happening this week. And I pray to God that you would sign up and do some good this week. You know, the Bible says the way we overcome evil is by doing good. If you want your life to get better, just start doing good. Amen, everybody? If you want the world to get better, start doing good. If you want your family to get better, you start doing good. You start loving people by doing good. Amen? Amen. Oh, I don't have time to go on there. <laughs> Let me say this. Today, if you're not a follower of Jesus Christ, you're the soldier who feels like you're holding the spear and you've stuck it in his side. And you may feel horrible about that, of all the things you've done wrong. But God, if you would just simply do what the soldier did, as you kneel your you kneel yourself right there and say, God, I need you to save me. It's amazing how he can change your heart. What my, what my parents' belt could not do, Jesus did. What the principal could not do, Jesus did. What the law enforcement could not do, Jesus did. And I'm telling you, he changes hearts. And you have to invite him in. So right now, would you just join me right now? Because there's many people in this room that need to make that decision. You need to let go of the spear and bow your head and let Jesus change your heart. Amen? And online as well. Would you bow your heads? And I want to say this prayer. 
I don't want you to say it out loud, but I want you to say it in your heart because Jesus will hear you right now. If you want to be, a, if you want to be saved by him, you say this prayer. Dear Lord Jesus, come into my life. Forgive me for my sin. I repent. I turn from it. I need you. Let my life be lived for good. Save me, Lord Jesus. Amen. Amen, everybody. Let's give God a hand for all the people that just prayed that prayer. Thank you in this room and online. So we have a card here. I want every listen, please, everybody on your way out, turn this card in so we can pray over you. Please, I beg you. And if you made that decision today, check the box that said, I pray the prayer to become a Christ follower so we can send you something in the mail to help you on your journey, to help you on your journey. What's our three words we're saying, everybody? It is finished. That's right. Hell does not have its hold on me anymore because it's finished. The last one I will share with you is this, is the power of the cross releases us to care. Oh, this is so good. Watch this. Mark 15, 43 to 46. Joseph of Arimathea, a prominent member of the council who was himself waiting for the kingdom of God. Would you read out loud these next two words? Went, he went, how everybody went? Boldly. How'd he go, everybody? Boldly. He went boldly to Pilate. And as for Jesus' body, Pilate was surprised to hear that he was already dead. Summoning the centurion, he asked him, him if Jesus had already died. When he learned from the centurion that he, it was so, he gave the body to Joseph. Look what Joseph did. So Joseph brought some linen cloth, took down the body, wrapped it in linen, and he placed it in a tomb cut out of the rock. Then he rolled a stone against the entrance of the tomb. Why did I share this with you? It's because that guy Joseph was a secret follower of Jesus until Jesus died on the cross. Once he died on the cross, that cross gave him boldness. It gave him boldness to share. He went boldly before Pilate, putting his life on the line. And guess what? Even the religious sect that he was a part of, he had to step out from them. And he had become bold to to proclaim Jesus. And what I'm asking you to do this week, this is our holy week, everybody. I'm asking you to be bold. I'm asking you to take that card that we shared with you, the card for Easter. I'm asking you to invite somebody. Be bold. Let the cross challenge you to be bold. We cannot be silent. If we sit back and and we watch the world go to hell without speaking up, it's our own fault. Amen, everybody? If we want the world to get better, the world needs Jesus. Amen? And so I want to challenge you to invite someone to come. But I want to challenge you to go a step further. I want you to be bold. I'm asking for 1,000 prayers to be prayed this week starting today. And that prayer is not a three-hour prayer. It's a prayer to where you just get on your knee and you say, God... I'm asking you to please help us this Easter. I'm asking you, Lord, that you would save people. Lord, we're believing for 100 people to be saved. Lord, touch every impact team person that will be here serving this week. Lord, and touch our staff and our pastor. And I ask you to cover our Easter services in the name of Jesus. That's it. 30 seconds. And I ask you, will you be bold enough to give us 30 seconds every day? Starting today through, through Saturday. Would you do that? Okay, put your mark where your clap is. On this card, check it, because I want to send you some, I want to, every day I want to send you something to remind you that we're praying 
And I'm asking, everybody can do this. And if you'll help me, we'll pray over a thousand prayers. We may even pray 5,000 or 10,000 prayers if everybody will help me. Check the card. Would you check the card? You can say that prayer. Check it for us. <clears throat> Be bold. Be bold. The card that you have in your program, would everybody take this card out? This, is, this afternoon at 5 o'clock, we start, our love week started, started yesterday. This afternoon at 5 o'clock, we're going to gather here, those that will. We're going to have a short time of, of just worship, and we're going to pray from 5 to 6. And if you can come by for 10 minutes and pray, that's okay. And what are we going to pray? We're going to pray over these cards because you're going to write down the names of people on your card that needs to see Jesus. And we're going to pray over them. We're going to agree with you today. Me and ever how many will be here. If you can come, I want you to come. We're going to pray over these names because we believe that when we pray that God responds. Amen. So I want you right now to write down the names of the people that you want to see saved this Easter. That's going to be a part of that hundred people. I got names written on my card. In just a moment, we're going to have you come and we're going to have you bring and lay them on the altar. I want you to know something. Yesterday, I went up my street in the neighborhood that I live in and I was giving my neighbors a card, an invite card. And I told you that 84% of the people that are invited to Easter will come. And you know what? Every person that I handed this card to yesterday said, I'll come. Every person. I want to be bold. How about you? So I'm challenging you today. Write their names down. Be bold. You say, well, Pastor Jeff, I've written their names down the last five years. This may be the year. Hi, this is Pastor Jeff again. I just want to say I hope you enjoyed today's message. If you would like to support God's work through Stockbridge Community Church, simply go to our website at secview.net. Again, that's secview.net and click the Give tab. We want to thank you again for being with us today. God bless you. Have a wonderful day.